All right, so today we're gonna talk about a product that, well, probably won't be available to consumers until like 2025. Okay, three years away, that's that's like a lifetime at this point, at least <laughs> in, in tech years, right? Yeah, I mean, what is time anyway these days? But, you know, there is a, an implication because it's costing them billions of dollars in R&D. Okay, well, obviously there's a long product development cycle involved with this one, right? Yeah, and I honestly don't even know if 2025 is realistic. Rumors started spreading about this product in 2014, actually, when the company started hiring aggressively to staff up a team. Okay, so this is either Facebook's blockchain project or some type of, like, I don't know, a car? I don't know. <laughs> okay, you're close enough, right? It's the Apple car, the electronic, fully autonomous car they've been hoping to ship, I don't know, one day? All right, all right. Well, I hey, I was close enough, so <laughs> let's get into it. But first, let's roll that intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort 
based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us, go to gigantic.is, that's gigantic.is, and save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Apple has been working on an electric vehicle since at least 2014. Alongside the release of the Apple Watch, Tim Cook, Apple CEO, decided to begin exploring the possibility of an Apple car as they're looking to expand verticals and find their next big product expansion. The project internally was dubbed Project Titan. By 2016, word was getting out that Apple was serious about making a car. Here's an exchange between Elon Musk, Kara Swisher, and Walt Mossberg on stage at the Code Conference that year. Apple? Uh, yeah, that, that'll be more direct. That'll be more direct? Yeah. You can tell that by the hiring pattern and that kind of stuff? So what do you, okay, so they're gonna be more direct. How do you assess it? I mean, I I say like, you know, I I, I think it's great that they're doing this and, um, you know, I hope they, hope it works out. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's the time frame from them, do you think? Um, I don't know, I mean, um, I, I think they should have embarked upon this project sooner actually um, uh, that that uh, but I don't know I don't know when they, I mean they have, you know they don't share with me the details of their <laughs> production plans but um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be I don't think they'll be in volume production sooner than maybe 2020 that'll be like the soonest and that's is that too late we say they should have embarked sooner is, tw- is that because 2020 will be too late to stop you or beat you or compete with you or what? No, it's just like it's a missed opportunity. It's just a that they. It'll be over by 2020. No, no, it's not. It's, not, it's just like it's 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 a couple of years. I think they'll they'll probably make a good car and uh, probably be successful. So you're saying that Apple will be a more direct competitor to Tesla than even Google, who's been trying to develop their own autonomous vehicle, and that based on his experience with Tesla and the development of the industry at that time, they should have a car ready by. 2020. But we know that didn't happen. It's now 2022 and we still don't have a car from Apple. But we do have an announcement, kind of. Let's hand it off to Emily to talk about CarPlay. CarPlay is the smarter, safer way to use your iPhone in the car and has fundamentally changed the way people interact with their vehicles. It's available on over 98% of cars in the U.S. What's more, 79% of U.S. buyers would only consider a car that works with CarPlay. It's a must-have feature when shopping for a new vehicle. Our users love CarPlay. It gives them an easy way to use apps in the car using the familiar UI from their iPhone. But cars have changed a lot with larger size screens and more of them throughout the car. There's an opportunity for iPhone to play an even more important role. We've been working with automakers to reinvent the in-car experience across all of the driver's screens. 
Okay, so I listened to the whole whopping three minutes and 34 seconds of the announcement, and I'll have to say, I didn't really take away that Apple was going to be going head-to-head with Tesla. Yeah, uh, me neither, honestly. The, the reason those three minutes and 34 seconds of surprisingly basic YouTube streaming has tongues wagging is that the new CarPlay will not just be an addition to your car's infotainment system, but it will supplant it in its entirety. In fact, if WWDC 2022's presentation has any truth to it, Apple hopes to replace your car's entire operating system. CarPlay would handle not only your infotainment choices, but also traditional instrumentation like your speedometer, your tachometer, temperature gauges, and even fuel or EV battery level displays. It feels like Apple's, I don't know, just late on this, right? (laughs) Most of these in-car infotainment systems are, are actually pretty good now. This update feels pretty lackluster, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I I agree. I'm I'm right there with you. There's there's not much here, but why, right? Like Apple has spent billions of dollars trying to build a car, but nearly a decade later has settled on kind of an underwhelming CarPlay updates to I don't know, to to better understand this, let's go through a bit of the history of Project Titan. All right, let's go back to 2014. This is when Apple was nearing the release of the Apple Watch. Uh, Tim Cook agreed to explore an electric car, uh, eager to grow Apple's business and push the company into new product categories. By then, Tesla had been selling electric cars for six years, and Google had been testing self-driving cars for five years. Working on a car seemed like an obvious goal to Cook and other executives at the time, given the company's prowess in engineering and design. Four senior Apple employees formed the core of Titan and became known internally as the Four Kings. Steve Zadesky, Benjamin Lyon, John Wright, and DJ Novotny reported to Dan Rico, then Apple's head of hardware engineering, who was the main champion of the project on Apple's executive team. Although Riccio was technically in charge, he remained hands-off, and Titan's de facto leader was Zadesky, an Apple vice president who took on product design at the car project. Under Zadesky, who had started his career as a mechanical engineer at Ford and was well-suited to the project given his automotive background, Apple set out to build a traditional electric vehicle that would one-up Tesla with even more advanced assisted driving features for the highway. Still, some of Zadesky's peers at Titan, they pushed for more ambitious goals, including fully automated driving, creating tensions and infighting. Apple worked with premium car manufacturer Magna to build a vehicle with initial designs resembling kind of a minivan. And the Wall Street Journal was the first to report on that design. During this period, the focus was more on the passenger experience than autonomy. Wait, you mentioned Magna. Who's Magna? Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Um, They're like the car manufacturer's manufacturer. Here's a clip from Bloomberg Quick Take explaining a bit more. So uh, you you might not be aware that the car you're driving wasn't in fact built uh, directly by the car maker whose brand is on the front of it. For example, the Mercedes G-Class, that 4x4, famously sort of iconic vehicle, isn't actually built in a Mercedes-Benz factory, it's built in a Magna factory in Austria. Uh, Similarly, uh, the BMW Z4 sports car and the Jaguar I-Pace electric vehicle. Hmm. That's very interesting, of course. So Magna is not just capable of building combustion. I don't don't have a G-Class Mercedes, I don't have a BMW, and I don't have the Jaguar electric vehicle at this point. <laughs> Are these the high-end cars that that Magna focuses on? Well, I think in the past, what's happened is that the, the, the premium car makers who perhaps wanted to offer niche uh, vehicles, perhaps low volume, uh, got Magna to do this because it didn't make sense for them to retool their own production lines. 
um, to, to, to cater to a, a relatively small volume vehicle. Okay, so Magna, long track record of success behind the scenes. Uh, so this is around 2014. Zadeski hired automotive industry experts to design car doors, lighting, and interiors, and started lining up car parts for suppliers. Titan drew half of its employees from other parts of the Apple Consumer Electronics Division to provide a fresh approach to developing a car. Apple's industrial design team proposed radical ideas such as whether the car could be made mostly of glass given how safe they expected the vehicle to be. In a funny story, uh, one member of Titan had to remind the industrial designers that the other drivers couldn't be prevented from hitting it. <laughs> yes, so all in all, because it was dubbed an exploration and really lacked a clear vision, uh, the project just kind of sprawled. Employees, for example, envisioned how the car might detect a driver was having, say, a heart attack and drive them to the hospital or provide surround sound with noise cancellation technology so each occupant could actually listen to different music while riding in the same vehicle. By late 2015, the project had stalled after Cook hesitated to move forward with building a car and taking on a huge set of new costs and safety risks. Zadeski left Titan for personal reasons, and after roughly six months, uh, Rico convinced a longtime former executive, Bob Mansfield, to come out of retirement and reboot the project. Now, under Mansfield, the team paused development of the car to focus on the challenge of fully automated driving software that would allow a future Apple car to navigate without a driver. One reason for the shift was due to the strong influence of Johnny Ive, then Apple's head of industrial design, who was adamantly against building a traditional electronic vehicle. No surprise there, right? I've believed that autonomy was to the car what multi-touch gestures using fingers to tap, scroll and zoom were to the iPhone. And that a future Apple car had to be just as transformative as the iPhone was to the smartphone industry. By the time Mansfield ended the Magna partnership in 2016, Apple's industrial design team had reworked the car's design as a compact sedan with an appearance similar to that of the BMW i3 but it wasn't clear when Apple's self-driving software would be ready, and many of Titan's automotive employees were redirected to work on the company's self-driving test vehicles, internally codenamed Baja, or on R&D efforts for more critical parts of the vehicle, such as batteries, motors, and drivetrains. There's always a lot to figure out when you're committed to completely reinventing the wheel, so more on that after a quick break. We're exploring the history of Project Titan, the not-so-secretive Apple initiative to build an electric autonomous vehicle. So in 2017, Mansfield determined that the company wasn't anywhere close to perfecting the self-driving software and tried setting more realistic goals for launching it on the road in stages. He reduced the team's scope to building an autonomous shuttle in partnership with Volkswagen that could take Apple employees from Palo Alto, California to Infinite Loop, Apple's main campus in Cupertino. Here's a digital clip from Digital Trends on the project. Rumors around Apple developing a self-driving car date back years now, but so far, exactly zero self-driving Apple cars have been spotted. That's about to change. It's May 24th, and several sources are saying the tech giant has inked a deal with Volkswagen to start producing autonomous T6 VW vans that will work as driverless shuttles for Apple employees. The T6 is probably better known as the base for the Westphalia and Eurovan models. Apple had been linked to BMW and Mercedes-Benz, but those deals apparently fell through 
but the VW deal could be seen as a coup of sorts rather than a last-chance choice. The VW Group operates no less than 11 different car and vehicle brands, including Audi, Bentley, Lamborghini, Bugatti, Porsche, and, of course, Volkswagen. Whether the deal includes access to any or all of those brands is not known. Exact terms were not announced. But if it does, it gives Apple's car tech instant reach across some very popular and high-profile brands. The modified VW Apple vans, with an engineer in the driver's seat just in case, are expected to start self-driving around Cupertino sometime next year. But then the goals shifted again, and the Titan team members were asked to automate the multiple routes Apple's manual shuttle buses used to ferry employees to and from the company's buildings around Santa Clara Valley. Eventually, Mansfield dissolved the partnership with Volkswagen and scrapped work on the physical shuttles, leaving the team to focus on preparing Apple's test vehicles for the routes. By that time, however, Apple had fallen into the demoware trap. The team worked on self-driving software for demonstrations to senior Apple executives. The problem was these teams were focused on making the demos work, but they weren't focused on solving real-world problems like how the car would navigate autonomously on a road it was unfamiliar with. In 2017, it entered into a lease purchase agreement to take over a former test track owned by Chrysler near Phoenix, Arizona, in the town of Whitman. The track helped Apple test its self-driving software in addition to using simulation and tests on public roads. The three-prong approach resembled that of other self-driving programs, including Waymo's. Apple built simulated streets on the track, nicknamed RoboCity, that used shipping containers as stand-ins for buildings, and had hired contractors to act as pedestrians and cyclists. That year, the first of Apple's test vehicles hit the streets near the company's headquarters, as well as that Arizona track. They were using modified Lexus cars that cost as much as a million dollars a piece due to the equipment that they were carrying, including 14 Vendine-made LiDAR sensors that used lasers to determine the range of an object. Still, Mansfield's ability to lead the project was limited. As a former chip engineer, he didn't have experience in self-driving software or automobiles and could only give high-level direction, according to people that worked on the program. Also, Mansfield only returned to Apple on a part-time basis, and he ultimately wanted to find someone to take over and lead the project full-time, those people said. In 2018, Mansfield found that person, Doug Field, who had previously been an Apple vice president of Mac Hardware Engineering. Field had just finished five years as an executive at Tesla, including designing key aspects of its flagship Model 3 sedan and overseeing its production, before Tesla CEO Elon Musk appeared to push Field aside during a difficult time for the car maker. Upon his return to Apple, Field took over Mansfield's report and cut roughly 200 people from Titan in areas that he thought were unnecessary. He made designing a physical car a priority again for the team. Two people who worked with Field during that era said he was determined to sell a car directly to consumers as opposed to operating a robo-taxi service. Field had experience in shipping cars, which was important given the research-oriented direction that the project had taken, but he did lack the software experience. By 2020, they were doing field driving tests with Tim Cook. But those weren't really field driving <laughs> tests. They were more like executive demos. Yep, yep, the demo wear again. They, they weren't actually very functional, but <laughs> They had a car and it would move, um, but it only moved where they had pre-programmed it to. But I don't know, this was momentum and it started that rumor mill again in 2021. That right after a quick break. So in 2021, the rumor mill around the 
iCar began heating up again. Now get ready for the iCar. What's your take on the resurgence of this Apple automobile rumor? Just imagine Tim Cook taking the stage there before a live audience and introducing an Apple car. We have confirmed from multiple sources that Apple is in discussions with Hyundai Kia to build an Apple car. For years, automakers have been trying to integrate your phone into your car. And now it feels like this has been turned on its head. It's integrating your car essentially into your phone. The talking heads were buzzing about the possibility of big announcements coming. But then nothing would come. In fact, they faced a slew of executive resignations. We won't talk through all of them, but there were a lot. And then progress slowed. Work on the physical design of the car continued. Ive, who now works for Apple on a contract basis through his consulting firm, Love From, has told the Titan team they should lean into the weirdness of the vehicle's design and not try to hide its sensors. The current design features four seats that face inward so passengers can talk to one another and a curved ceiling similar to the roof of a Volkswagen Beetle. Then last August, Apple sent several of its prototype self-driving cars on a roughly 40-mile trek through Montana. Aerial drones filmed the drive from Bozeman to the ski resort town of Big Sky so that Apple managers could produce a polished film with picturesque mountains in the background, and they could show Tim Cook how their costly and long-running autonomous car project was finally making progress. Inside Apple, executives hailed the demonstration as a success. The vehicles showed that they could drive without relying on highly detailed three-dimensional roadmaps, which most rival self-driving car programs require. Titan managers hope to ditch these costly and unscalable high-definition maps en route to one day building and selling a fully automated car that could work almost anywhere in the world without a steering wheel or pedals, making Apple responsible for the car's behavior and safety of its occupants. The good vibes following the Bozeman demo didn't last long. Apple's test vehicles, which are modified Lexus SUVs, they struggled to navigate the streets near its Silicon Valley headquarters without the maps, smacking into curbs and sometimes having trouble staying in their lanes while crossing intersections, according to at least two people that worked on the program. Earlier this year, a test vehicle nearly hit a jogger who was crossing the street and had the right of way. The Bozeman demo and its aftermath underscores a mistake Apple and much of the rest of the self-driving vehicle industry has repeatedly made. Engineers waste precious time choreographing demonstrations along specific routes using technology that works there, but almost nowhere else, as a phenomenon known as demoware. Some people have worked on Titans say Apple fell harder into this demoware trap than some of its rivals, despite the fact that an automated car has no steering wheel, so it needs to drive almost perfectly everywhere, or few people would actually feel safe buying one. And this is, as far as we can tell, essentially where the project is today. I mean, there is a lot of speculation about a 2024 or 2025 release, but those appear to be more wishful thinking than a fixed timeline. And for you PMs out there, Remember the demo or trap, it's real. But we're building for customers, not executives. Yeah, now that will wrap it up for this week. Uh, until next week, from Michael Saka, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. 
Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.